0: Hi, my name is Adi Oluadewumizere. I'm the MD of Alliance in Nigeria, listening from Lagos, Nigeria. And I love and thank IBS podcast for what they're doing, promoting insurance and technology for the benefit of Nigerians and Africans across the continent. Keep up the good work. Hi, everyone. I'm hoping that you had the restful weekend. I did, I mean judging by the fact that we had a successful webinar, um, a webinar that spoke about the agribusiness industry, which surprisingly for me is um, an industry that is booming. But then again, there's a bit of a um, lesson knowledge gap. But it was quite amazing and it was interesting and, you know, we had thought leaders who we were panelists that came on board and were able to share their thoughts. Damola, how are you and how was your weekend?
1: Hi, uh, thank you very much. Uh, my weekend was, was just about, you know, going back to all of the conversations that, that had occurred you know, during that event on Tuesday last week on the 23rd and, and, and then, you know, just looking at what can be done, where innovation can, can play a role where you know insurance can do better. And there are a lot of uh, talking points really and uh, it was quite interesting uh, you know all of those conversations. So it, it was a packed weekend for me because I was trying to you know gather a lot of knowledge and understanding about some of the perspectives that were shared you know during the conversation.
0: Um, But but what do you think? For me, I felt like, um, you know, from the conversations that we had, especially from, you know, Bank of Industry, um, Victoria, where she mentioned that um, a lot of, um, you know, insurance companies um, sort of had, you know, defaults when it was time to pay on some bonds what do you think would have been an underlying issue judging by the fact that insurance is a company set up I like to say set up to pay claims Do you think that it must have been the farmer's home or I I don't know. Like, it's just amazing me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I, I was surprised as well. And I mean, that question really, uh, I love to have answers to that as well, because I feel like there'll be a lot of things that have contributed to that. But just looking at it generally, right? Insurance can definitely play a huge role. And this is us talking about Insurance in the Greek space, in Nigerian space. Uh, so when you now begin to talk about the the African Free Trade uh, Agreement, then that's another level. So it means that even uh, as the reality of after comes, uh, we have to get our, our things right and begin to. I think I think many of the things that, uh, many of the conversations and the concerns and the points that were raised, you know, stem from a sort of a lack of communication right uh you hear insurance say hey they, we pay claims we do this we're doing that. The people on the, on, on the ground are saying hey, we are not seeing you doing okay. this thing we have had bad experiences before we have done this we don't we're not uh, getting the right uh, um, services that we want and we need you know I think communication is something that we need to yeah. take uh, serious right and so it was quite interesting to hear what you know Pula was doing you know, Thomas Njero, who is the co-founder of PULA, you know, sharing his thoughts as regards how they engage, you know, the rural, you know, small-scale farmers, and he alluded to the fact that Nigeria is really their biggest market, and so, so I mean, looking at what they are doing already, I, I know that the opportunities even in within Nigeria is huge. Not to talk of, you know, now looking at. Uh, the african market which is definitely still up for grabs
0: so yes it's quite interesting what you said about pula and i like the fact that you know they've been able to break down most of this their, most of their models you know to accommodate you know um, a lot of small scale enterprise which i think is fantastic and talking about some of this uh, you know remodeling of business out. Uh, our next conversation with our guest speaker has to do with how they've been able to remodel and, you know, reskill insurance sales. You know, it's so amazing what they've been able to do with the business and how much they've been able to grow because they've made certain changes that they thought was relevant. Of course, we don't expect that um, change is, you know, easy or acceptable, but then again, it could probably be the Um, difference between your loss and your profit margin. Um, What do you think about that, Damola?
1: Yeah, it's going to be an interesting conversation, right, with uh, Saurabh Sharma. Uh, um, You know, him being the general manager for microinsurance at BITAM, just to hear his thoughts as as regards how they have actually reimagined this whole um, conversation about microinsurance and serving this um, emerging markets and it's going to be interesting again to hear you know like you mentioned you know, the kind of models that they are using and, and how they are making it work really because i mean one of the questions that i have you know is how do you serve these emerging customers you know and using bite-sized um insurance uh, Products uh, or strategy, you know, in order to serve these customers using this strategy and then still remaining profitable, you know, that's the big thing there because as an insurance company, as a company, really, you want to be profitable, right? So how do you do that and still remain profitable? So it's going to be interesting to hear what they are doing and how they are, are going about it, right? I mean, they're not the only players in this space here, but uh, they are doing a good job in this space. So definitely going to be a valuable conversation and they are in the eastern part of the african continent and so and what we are beginning to see is that there are a lot of uh, innovation and, and movement in terms of micro insurance and you know innovation around creating products and offers for emerging customers in that space so it's going to be interesting to hear from someone who is playing actively
0: so on downloads don't go anywhere we'll be right back
2: Hi guys, hi listeners, very excited to be here. Great, great, happy to, happy to have you.
0: All right, so can you tell us about yourself? (laughs) And you know what,
2: you've been in the past few days. There's been a lot of events. Thank you. So I'm Saurabh Sharma. So I'm I'm from India, but uh, very fortunate to be here and working here in Africa in this very exciting space. I manage the micro-insurance business at Britom. And last few days, uh, I would say I've just been trying, we have just been trying to catch up on all the time that was lost uh, last year. So we are spending a lot more time talking to our existing partners talking to uh, potential new partners exploring new things and trying to just stay relevant in this changed world after after COVID. I,
1: I envisage that. Uh, it must be even busier than than pre-COVID.
2: It is. It is. I think people are back to work with the with the vengeance this year. People really want to
1: make <laughs> up for all the time lost. It's quite interesting to hear that about the work part now. Right? But personally, now, how are you? How have you been? The last. year plus has been quite interesting let me put it that way for for everyone around the world how are you i mean you're from india yes but working in, in kenya how are you?
2: I'm, I'm good, in fact. And like I was saying, uh, working in Africa, but working in Kenya is uh, so exciting. And I, I've been here for almost uh, five years. And uh, okay. I really, I'm very passionate about using insurance as a tool to address uh, some of the development challenges that are facing in places like India, Africa. And that's the reason that most of my professional career I have worked in. This inclusive insurance space. And uh, COVID has really brought a lot of attention to this because we have seen how COVID has affected all of our lives and even more for uh, our cust- our emerging customers, our cust- customers who are less privileged and we have seen how COVID has interrupted small businesses how it has mm. affected daily wage workers and people have been asking that how do we pro- prevent this disruption from happening again uh, how do we build mm. resilience for uh, for these customers and insurance has definitely featured very strongly in that conversation to build uh, resilience for, 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 uh, for countries like India and Africa so, so yeah that has been very interesting for me personally uh, in fact uh, we are getting a lot more interest from the market on our insurance especially health insurance products than we had earlier
0: could you tell us more about, you know, building this new insurance business model to reach um, the emerging customers? I know that you've talked about um, the interest of customers now in insurance, especially with, you know, this whole um, event that has occurred within uh, 2020 and 2021. So how, how exactly have you been able to build new insurance business models to reach this right. market?
2: The reason um, we have to have build new business models is very simple. We know that insurance penetration in this part of the world is very low. In fact, in Africa, it's it's like three times less than the global average. And that means that the older business models, and by that I mean products, processes, distribution channels haven't really worked in this market. So those models haven't served this market. We clearly need to look at new Ways of reaching these customers. By that, I mean trying to build new products, products that are flexible, uh, that are affordable. And by affordability, I, no, I don't mean that we just reduce the premiums, but by affordability, I mean mm-hmm. that we give value for what the customers are purchasing. And at Britain, we are exploring new ways of making things more affordable by like, making insurance bite-sized so this bite-sized insurance can be you can have smaller covers you can have weekly daily movement insurance or you can have bite-sized payments and the same approach we are taking in terms of distribution channels as well distribution channels like we work a lot with conventional channels as well like the banks and the agents and the brokers the future is really in digital distribution Uh, We know, like countries like Kenya, where M Pesa has been revolutionary as a mobile money platform so it's to see how do we build similar kind of success stories in insurance and that's why we are exploring these alternate distribution channels as well so that's that's just a snapshot of how we are trying to build uh, new insurance business models mm,
1: yeah, but that's, that's interesting right and I've always had this question in mind uh, we talk a lot about I mean like and I, again like you mentioned building new products, bite-sized products I mean we had a conference uh, last year and for Lumi made the presentation about such products for customers, running really the margin market and things like that. So, so yes, that is there. When you are looking at all of these bite-sized products, you definitely cannot be engaging an agent. The price point is quite low, for example. But how how do you s- definitely still run a profitable business? Because again, you're a business. Yes, yes, you want to cover that uh, last mile uh, customer, but you want to remain profitable.
2: I we started looking at micro insurance for emerging customers almost a decade ago and for the longest period it was a loss making business Uh, in fact until 2015 we were really um, experiencing huge losses Uh, in fact at some point Britain even the business was under threat because the question from the question was like do we really want to continue doing this and So it was a long journey. But during that initial period, uh, what I really now call as the discovery period, which was the initial four, five years. So we discovered a lot. Uh, We learned a lot about our products. We we learned a lot about uh, how we need to sell and distribute these products. And those learnings, that discovery period then helped us to consolidate our business and to turn it around. And in the last five years, the business has Be profitable. How we have achieved it is by specific intervention across the value chain. To start with the products itself. Uh, obviously, as you said, the bite-sized product. So we have products that start from as low as one dollar a month. And you're absolutely right that you can't expect conventional agents to sell such products because it won't make sense for them. Mm-hmm. So what we did is, and even today, majority of our products we sell it to groups, and the group could be mm-hmm. different type of type of groups. It could be uh, small, medium enterprises. It could be farmer uh, farmer groups, it could be self-help groups. So generally for our health micro-insurance products, we start with a group of at least 10 members. And uh, we have we have now insured groups as large as hundred seventy thousand customers to groups as small as ten to fifteen in number. So obviously, having that group kind of approach helped us in distribution because we created specific products like for SMEs. Uh, to give you an example, we one of our uh, very successful product is the SME staff health insurance, where we insured staff under our uh, of health micro products and the kind of customers we have are like fast food chain or supermarket chain. So super people who are working at the floors of these supermarkets are insured by us. So having that approach helped us a lot. It obviously makes distribution more sustainable, more profitable. But even from the claim side, It helped us in building a network of uh, healthcare providers, hospital providers. We work with almost 400 plus hospitals across Kenya and we were able to form close partnerships with hospitals to make healthcare more affordable as well as sustainable uh, for our own portfolio. So I would say that is the approach that has helped us to make uh, the business profitable. Obviously, in the later years, uh, we are now focused a lot on technology so we have built like web-based portals which connect us to these 400 hospitals a lot of our claims in fact in 2020 almost 60 percent of our claims were digital so that obviously reduces cost but it also makes that we are able to use these digital claim processes to keep improving like i said in the beginning it, it's been a long journey and uh, Always our outlook was that insurance is a long term business. So we knew even if we are making losses mm. in the initial years, this will turn around.
0: Wow. Okay, so I like the fact that you mentioned that your distribution models changed and then I mean of course you mentioned that there were specific interventions around more or less like process overall. There's current, you know, development in Africa free trade zone. Uh, is Britain looking to further penetrate some markets in order to, you know, further increase the numbers and profitability
2: of this market? Absolutely, uh, we are so excited about this uh, free trade agreement and the progress that has been made. Uh, as you know, Britain already is—we uh, are present in seven countries uh, across Eastern and Southern Africa region, and uh, in most of our markets, we are among the top five insurers would say and but our strategic ambition is really to become a pan African country. And uh, we are looking at a lot more markets. Uh, currently, of course, we are uh, in the eastern and to some extent southern African region, but we are also looking at West Africa. So, so having this free trade and the progress that has been made is very, very exciting for us. Especially as as I was saying earlier, that insurance penetration across Africa is very, very low, and the simple reason is that majority of African populations fall within this emerging customer segment and to really increase insurance penetration and to build a sustainable model we really need to figure out how do we reach out to these emerging customers so we want to take forward the lessons and the models that we have built in Kenya to all of these countries uh, in fact we are having some active conversations in some of these other countries as well and you will, you will soon hear about that
1: definitely rooting and waiting to hear about that uh, especially I mean, when you mentioned that you're considering west africa for example please i would love to be the first to hear about that when when that is uh, concluded yeah so so yeah uh, exciting times so i i came across an article that you wrote uh, recently and you talked a bit about the platform economy is something interesting that i would love you to maybe talk us through a bit and <laughs> tell us how insurance can play into uh, all of that yes
2: so um, i mean simply put platform economy is economic activity uh, that is buying and selling that happens over these digital platforms and these platforms are bringing sellers and producers of these services and products uh they're bringing them together to the buyers of these services and products i mean very uh, quick examples would be if you look at something like uber or airbnb those are global platforms who have Built this whole economy in their respective spaces, like mobility for Uber and hospitality for Airbnb, uh, which really aggregated and brought uh, all of buyers and sellers together. So that's how we look at uh, platform economy. And we are really seeing a lot of growth in uh, platform economy in in the sub Saharan Africa region. Uh, We have seen homegrown platforms becoming Big. Uh, we all know about M-Pesa, which was a mobile money platform that really created marketplace by enabling small merchants to build uh, these mobile money wallets in recent years in Kenya uh, platforms have come up in spaces like mobility so we have uh, Little Caps, which is a homegrown mobility platform and it's present in uh, four countries in the East Africa region and Tiba, who are like a health platform that are bringing together healthcare providers and consumers on their health wallet and they are uh, I think they are also present in West Africa in Nigeria as well and uh, we look at players like Triga, which is agriculture sector uh, platform player, and is bringing together farmers and small retailers. Some of these examples they show how platform economy is making changes uh, to economic activity now.
1: Hi everyone. Uh, my name is Adebo Ali Banjo. I'm co-founder CEO at MyCover.ai and we are building Africa's digital insurance infrastructure. For the latest news on insurance technology in Africa, keep listening to InsureTech Business Series and
2: stay updated. And as insurers, we should be very, very interested in that. At Britain, in fact, we look at platform economy as the opportunity to really increase insurance penetration. And this could be, and there are a number of advantages, right, that platform economy provides. And the easiest one is platform economies provide access to large group of uh, people. And this goes to my previous point that to make inclusive insurance work, you need large group. So that is an immediate advantage from hmm. platforms. Uh, but other more interesting advantages are you can look at data. So these platforms are generating enormous amount of data uh, that could be demographic, it could be financial, even behavioral data. So all that data uh, can be used by insurers to design products, to price products that are actually speaking to the needs of these platform users. So that is like a second very interesting advantage. And the third advantage, I would say, is on the operations or process side. Obviously, insurers are always slow in adopting technology. I, insurers are still asking for like physical IDs or physical identification documents, but that can be really uh, cut short or made more efficient through these platforms the onboarding claims, all of this could be made so much uh, easier. Uh, so at Britain, we are betting in a big way on this and we have formed partnerships with players like Little Cabs, like MTBA. We have this very interesting product with Little Cabs where we insure every ride right that a customer is taking. So we insure them against accident and also COVID. So they can just uh, log on to the app and they can subscribe mm-hmm. with one click and they are covered for their rights for as low as 10 shilling which is 10 cent so we really see a big opportunity in that space
0: I mean that's an interesting one I, I really uh, always really advocated for this uh, platform economy as you call it uh, I think you probably just put everything into a perspective and I like the fact that you've given um, the benefit platform economy but have you at any point in time faced any issues with the regulator in terms of you know implementing the platform economy with most of your products
2: that's a very good question and I think I at every uh, at every opportunity I really praise the Kenyan regulator. I think Kenyan regulator is very progressive and uh, forward looking and I think they have been very supportive of uh, adoption of innovation and technology in this space. I think it also comes from the context right we have seen something like Mpesa are coming and revolutionizing payment and banking industry mm. in Kenya. So I think uh, because of that experience, even the insurance regulator is very open to such innovation or innovative partnerships. Secondly, we have also had a very healthy conversation with the regulator uh, because as you know, uh, Britain has been doing this for almost 10 years. We have built a lot of knowledge that we are always have uh, sharing across different players and also in our conversations with the regulator. And obviously issues always come up. So whenever we have new partnerships. We do engage the regulator and we explain how this will be beneficial for customers, how it will be beneficial for the industry. And we have always had a positive out- outcome of those conversations. I think from the regulator's perspective the biggest concern has been around customer protection. One concern, on especially on the digital platforms, is are we explaining the terms and conditions to the customers properly? That I, I would say has been the big concern for the regulator but so far we have been able to address those concerns and we have been working well. That's interesting.
1: Um So speaking about the regulator, right, and you talked earlier about going into other markets, I mean, excited about the the free trade agreement and and things like that. If you were going to, uh, I mean, advise some of the other regulators or industries, looking at the, the glowing remarks that you're giving the regulator now in Kenya, so what should other markets be, be picking out and, and adopting in terms of how we are, you know, serving this customer segment that has been excluded? Right.
2: Um, I mean, my glowing reviews are not coming from a selfish point of view that I need products to <laughs> Uh, but I really but I really mean that Regulator has been very supportive in fact if you see the Kenyan Regulator has also launched an InsureTech Accelerator program recently so that's just an example that shows how they are uh, trying to you know really innovate in this space and I would say the similar kind of uh, steps need to be taken elsewhere as well. I've also seen this in India where I come from, where again the regulator has really been pushing uh, insurance companies to innovate in this space. Uh, In fact, they have taken a very interesting route there where in India, an insurance company has to do a certain percentage of their business in the micro and the social sector. So I think if I'm not wrong, it's around 7%. Mm. So what it has done, it has forced insurance companies to think around that segment on how they can do it in the best possible way, most profitable Mm. way. Uh, And I know that regulator in some of the other countries Mm. like transactions is also thinking on the similar line. So obviously regulation is one way of um, stimulating the industry. The other ways is, I think, uh, uh, like having these accelerator programs, so also bringing in the teacher techs, uh, supporting them and exposing them to the industry will also be very helpful in, I think, uh, expanding the horizon. And uh, the find the foremost, I would say, is having that healthy exchange. Um, you know, a regulator and industry sh- should be on the same side. Realize that low insurance penetration is a challenge, not just from a business side, but also because it has left a lot of our businesses and families vulnerable, as we saw during the COVID pandemic. It has also meant that capital markets are also underdeveloped because a lot of these insurance premiums are invested in capital markets. So I think it's in the interest of everyone to help promote that. And by having that healthy exchange between industry, and the regulator would would be really really helpful in uh, I think uh, breaking some of these barriers
1: Mm, mm. yeah thank you (laughs) thank you thank you very much for that and so to my claims question right uh, it's it's no coincidence that we're asking this last right Uh, because at the end of the day on the customer journey, the claims experience, yes, is sort of like the last, but it's the premium one, right? Uh, that is the promise that you kept when the person signed up, whether a day ago or a week ago, a month ago, a year ago. I was going through some numbers, uh, and I saw that as I last year. Uh, britain had done about 20 million dollars in claims payments since 2015 and in 2020 uh, the number that i saw at least as at a half a half year was about 2.6 million dollars paid out that's a lot is this a mindset thing or how exactly have you been able to achieve this kind of skill i mean especially looking at the complexities around giving due diligence, and then also meeting the
2: customer expectations. Like I was saying uh, in the beginning, guys. Uh, our business is highly uh, loss making and uh, that is because of like very high loss uh, mm-hmm. claim ratio and I think paying all those claims uh, gave us a lot of experience in this space. So you have to understand that majority of Britain's insurance uh, business in this space is health for the simple reason that I think uh, health is okay. the most pertinent need for customers in this segment and they are ready to purchase health insurance compared to other products Products. And so we have really invested a lot in understanding the whole health insurance ecosystem. Our uh, health insurance products are more like cashless. So you can go to our partner hospitals and access care. Uh, in some cases, there might be some small co-payments like ranging from $1 to 2 $3. But what that means that we work closely with these health partners. We review their claims a lot. Uh, We keep looking, we keep tracking averages. So there is a lot of data analytics that goes into uh, ensuring that the portfolio is not loss-making. So we are always tracking uh, claims averages. Uh, We also highlight with hospitals where claim averages are going beyond our controls and we put together some measures to make sure how do we control that. We have negotiated rates with these hospitals along consultation Uh, to some extent, drugs as well. So what it means is that we are able to uh, control these costs while ensuring people are getting the right care when they are going to these hospitals. Uh, It's also supported by our claims team. So in fact, uh, our total microinsurance business strength in Britain is around 22. And almost half of that is just claims people. And that also includes uh, healthcare professionals. So we have nurses who have worked in hospitals who are supporting our, uh, our care, our lay care or claims team and uh, having their knowledge obviously helps us in uh, uh, negotiating or working mm-hmm. with these hospitals because you need that level of understanding uh, to, to ensure that uh, costs are not too mm-hmm. high. So so yeah, so I think it's, it's but um, you know it's also a tight balance so it's not that we have put together some measures and uh, now now we are good every year mm-hmm. it's a constant process uh in fact like uh every every two weeks we look at mm-hmm. our claim ratios we look at all these hospitals so uh, often uh, like there are always things that need to be controlled again so i would say it's, it's that quite coi- that constant process but having that constant investment because. We have built the claims team. Uh, I was talking about how we have built technology also, some of the portals that we have built. So we realized the point that you were making that claims is the movement of truth for customers. And if we are able to come come for our customers at that point and deliver at that point, they will be happy with us. So having those investments and that mm-hmm. conscious uh, deci- decision to help our customers at the point of claims has, has helped us to, to manage a healthy claim claims ratio while delivering good customer service as well.
0: Fantastic, I mean, at the end of the day the the whole point of having an insurance company i mean or selling insurance is also to pickling, but of course, when you're putting in place all of these um, risk management measures, I think um that's what presents a profitable company at the end of the day so that's wonderful really okay before we let you go though uh, like Damala said we'll be excited to hear about you know your introduction of Britain in West Africa and um, as much as possible we'd like to have these conversations with you again um, when when that comes up so please um, let us do let us know (laughs) We'll, we'll be looking forward to it that's one then also um, thank you for coming on our podcast for those of our, our listeners I would like to reach out to you how, how exactly do you want so to contact you I'm actually very you?
2: active on LinkedIn and I can be very easily uh, reached on LinkedIn and I'm always happy to engage um, people with uh, similar interests so that would be the best way to reach me.
1: great thank you thank you thank you very much thank, thank you guys and nice it was very exciting talking
2: to you as well
0: Hi, my name is Adeolu Umise. I'm the MD of Alliance in Nigeria, listening from Lagos, Nigeria. And I love and thank IBS Podcast for what they're doing, promoting insurance and technology for the benefit of Nigerians and Africans across the continent. Keep up the good work.
1: And welcome back. I'm sure that you enjoyed that conversation. I did a lot of talking points, a lot of uh, things that I learned, really. And I mean, one of the things that I saw that was was uh, something to note was the fact that.
2: Uh... Hi, I'm Dr. Neto, founder and CEO of Wella Health. We were working on affordable access to healthcare. Using technology and alternative care pathways, microinsurance being central to our work. I'm delighted to be on the chat on InsureTech Business Series, where we talk about some of the stuff we're learning at Wella Health and how we can improve insurance adoption across Nigeria and Africa. Enjoy.
1: They didn't start off profit making, right? You know, you know, when we started the conversation before we had the conversation, I mentioned how do you actually achieve profitability, even with this new way that you are, you know, going about business, and and so they didn't start off uh, being profitable, but with a conscious effort and and a strategic uh, outlook, you know, and the mindset that hey, we have to serve. Uh, these customers, but we have to find a way that would work, you know, trying and trying new things. I think that uh, like you said, you know, they found what works, they found what works and, and they are leveraging, you know, partnerships with all of these platforms you know, that are springing up the continent and that's quite interesting
0: matter of fact you took the word right out of my mouth but um, need I also say that I kind of like the ecosystem that you know the Kenya regulator is you know building for uh, insurance especially uh, when it comes to you know rescaling insurance in Kenya. Have you really noticed insurance industry in Kenya based off of our conversation has seen a, I mean, to some extent they've seen a lot of progressivity in terms of selling their products, in terms of selling, should I say micro insurance product for people, large number of people, you know, trying as much as possible to cover the underserved markets. Um, would I be wrong for, you know, having that conclusion? You know, we've had conversations with people like junius We had conversation with Gianna Abbas from um, Kenya as well. We've also had conversation with um, Louie. And so, you know, having all of this um just sort of makes me have that, uh, you know, understanding or insight into the fact that IRAs, obviously doing something right. Do you think that this is something that we can replicate, judging by the fact that our market environments are completely different?
1: Yeah, I think that is something that we need to begin to um, think about more seriously. And I feel like there is a lot that we should still do. But then, uh, uh, we are beginning to see that the regulator, for example, is interested in that bit, is interested in seeing activities in that area. You recall uh, recently they released a, a memo about uh, micro insurance and how insurance companies can play in that space you know, and things like that. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting. But in terms of uh, the model that will work and how we can achieve it, and I think there's a lot that we still need to do. Leveraging partnerships, you know, with all of this. um FinTech platforms or even the other platforms, you know, uh, Sorok Sh- 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 mentioned, you know, Little Cabs, he mentioned Twiggy, he mentioned, uh, you know, MTBA. You know, how are we partnering with these health tech companies, partnering with these mobility companies, how are we partnering with, with the uh, hospitality uh, companies who are leveraging tech already that have the customers? And I think that, I mean, little by little, we are beginning to see those, right? Uh, I mean, we've had uh, Akin Jones, the uh, co-founder of, of Ella App, you know on here and looking at the partnerships that they are they are, they are leveraging in order to sell you know, health insurance, you know, to their customers. Doctor Neto, you know, from Wella Health, you know, how they are uh, partnering with the insurance company AXA start to offer um, malaria insurance. You know, so so definitely. Uh, we are seeing people making ways in those directions, but I think that there's a lot more that we can still do in terms of pushing you know that uh, conversation and seeing what you know we can achieve really in that space because the level of penetration is quite low, and then micro insurance is definitely you know an instrument or, or a strategy that we can use to to scale insurance mm-hmm. and get more people uh, the protection that they need.
0: Actually, you're yeah, absolutely right. I'm very, in fact, very correct. And, you know, what you said now just reminds me of the fact that we actually need to as much as possible act pretty fast especially with the african union um you know free trade that's that's as it should be as urgent and as important as possible you know for, for us we to achieve that and increase that penetration index you know increase um, our, our GDP as it were as, as well as create much more you know um, tailor-made products and services for our customers and at the end of the day eventually contribute to um, you know the employment um, unemployment in Nigeria I, I think it's it's exciting to see really um, these opportunities that currently abound. I'm, I'm super excited um, for them as well you know Uh, But on that note, again, I'm sure that most of you probably um, enjoyed this conversation. I'm lying. I've had a lot of, um, you know, thoughts about it. It's it's probably made me have a rethink on how much we can contribute further to the insurance space. And I'm glad that we've even started the webinar um, as we earlier spoke in our previous Episodes that we're gonna have a webinar uh, this year, and so the first one being again the agribusiness. It's made it, um, you know much more important for us to carry on with all of the conversations around insurance and we might be going you know from the regular conventional to unconventional insurance because there are a lot of different opportunities that are bound in this insurance space especially in Africa. We've seen people doing it and we know that it's an industry that would likely boom. And so having all of these conversations and bringing it to the fore is what we are all about. And it um, it's be important for you to come on board, you know, um, join our webinars from time to time. It's going to be quarterly and we'll be having, you know, top leaders within the industry and outside the industry, contributors to some of the topics that we intend to share with our audience uh, you know in the coming days
1: yeah so uh, definitely uh, a lot of things will be um coming up during the year uh, the webinar which we started off you know last month is one we're going to be having a, a couple more you know as the as the year comes by and then there are a lot of things that are in the pipeline right and the major thing for us, you know, for Insurtech Business Series podcast is uh, engaging conversations around technology, innovation, and insurance. And that's what we'll continue to do, right? And that's why we are engaging all of these people around the continent and even outside of 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 africa so those stay tuned you know i would continue to have all of these engagements and see how we can push people to think different to take action you know because uh, there's a lot more that the industry can do and it just takes us to think differently like like startup said you know what we have been doing before has not worked so we definitely need to think of new ways, new business models that can serve the customers that we have, you know, in our markets across the continent. So
0: on that note, I think we we'll wrapping up for today's episode. Um, I hope that you are able to, you know, catch up on the previous episode as well as the webinar, which I think is quite important. Yeah, all taking conduct. And so, um, again, thank you as much as possible for supporting us. We cannot thank you enough because you are one of the reasons why we have, you know, grown thus far. You keep um, amazing us every day. And um, this is a shout-out to you. We're hoping that you keep safe. There's still, um, you know, coronavirus. And so as much as possible before virtually everyone is vaccinated we, we hope that you stay safe with, you know your family if you are with them or you actually keep safe all by yourself so thank you once again um i am your host for me and uh, signing out with me is my co-host damola
1: yeah thank you very much thank you very much everyone stay safe Bye.